Welcome back to Take It Down a Notch with Rob and Papa Paul this week. So this is part two of last week's. So we're gonna we're gonna finish up uh, Dad's story, and hope you enjoy. Here we go. How long after that did you quit doing airplane mechanic? Uh, I was at uh, Fairchild for about a year, and I was a like I said I was a propeller aircraft mechanic, but I uh, got assigned to a unit working on B-52s and KC-135 tankers. And I was in what they call the aero repair shop, which is landing gear systems, flight controls, that kind of stuff. And they had one slot on the base for a resip mechanic, just in case a plane with air with propellers came in and needed fixing. Right. So, but uh, I got injured on the flight line. I uh, had started my my back issues. I, me and another guy were changing a tire on a B fifty two, a main gear tire, and we got it pulled off the the stub axle, and I was behind him, and I bent over and put some tools back in my box. He was, the tire was between us, and he had been holding it, and he didn't see where I, that I was bent over, and he said, uh, here, grab hold of this, and he let go of it, and it fell on me. Oh. And it's about, probably about 300 pounds, 250 pounds, cause a tire and wheel assembly. Mm-hmm. So I got put on light duty in the in the shop, and so my boss had me, you know, for something to do, had me go through and upgrade uh update all the aircraft TO files, tech order files. And when I finished that, then he had me go through all the, the training records for everybody in the shop. And then we got hit with an inspection from SAC headquarters called an Operational Readiness Inspection, an ORI. Mm-hmm. And the inspectors show up unannounced on, on the base. And they went through the field maintenance squadron, and they did our every shop. And they did our shop, and one of the things they checked is all the documentation and we got a hundred percent on our teal library and our training records and a couple of days after that the squadron executive officer came down and asked me if i would be interested in moving up to the squadron training office mm. and so i moved up there because i was still on light duty and i took the bypass specialist test and picked up that as a as a career identifier mm. and and one day I wasn't up there very long, and one day the the other staff sergeant, who was the NCOIC, right. the non commissioned officer in charge, he came back from personnel and he said, "Hey, Paul, he says you're in charge now." He said, "I'm leaving." <laughs> I said, "Where are you going?" He says, "I just put in for cross training the computers." Oh, okay. And he and he told me he says a message came down from Air Force personnel. They need NCOs in in computers, and the commands cannot deny. The training request. Hmm. So, at that time, if you were in SAC, you were in SAC. Right. You know, Strategic Air Command. And uh, he told me, so you ought to go up and check into it. Yeah. And so I did. I went up personnel, took the test, qualified for mainframe computer operations, and went back down and told the, went into the exec's office. And I said, well, Lieutenant, I'm leaving in six weeks. <laughs> he says, you too? I says, Yeah. <laughs> so I went back up to the office and we had a buck sergeant, you know, admin person. Mm-hmm. And I went and told him, I said, well, you're in charge now until they get somebody else in here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I was off to school. Uh, went to Shepherd Air Base in Wichita Falls for a nine week school on, on mainframe computer systems. And then got assigned to Pease Air Base in New Hampshire 
right back up in cold <laughs> territory. And we were only there for a year. Hmm. And uh, came into work one day, and the lieutenant, who was our office, uh, OIC officer in charge, he told me I had orders. I said, you know, where am I going this time? <laughs> and so I said, you, you have orders uh, to go to Shepherd Air Force Base as an instructor at a computer school. I said, what if I don't want to go? <laughs> he says, you don't have a choice. It's either that or you're ineligible for promotion or reenlistment. I said, well, I guess I'm going to Texas. You know? <laughs> and so it, it was just a matter of a couple of weeks, and we were off to off to Texas. Wow. And uh, went through instructor training, qualified to be a technical instructor. And it wasn't very long after that that, as you know, your mom and I, separated right, right. and uh, you and your mom moved to San Antonio and in Texas you had to be a resident for a year to get a divorce mm. and so we just did legal separation and we had to wait 10 months we'd only been in Texas for two months mm. and then uh, in the meantime she met somebody I met somebody and uh, Patty was also an instructor at the school. She'd been there for four years. Oh, wow. Uh, going on five years. As an, as an, when she came out of school, she was an honor grad, and so they just cut orders for her and assigned her to the school as an instructor. But uh, And we've been married over 50 years. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, And, and the two of you have been all, all over the place. Yeah. Sin. Yeah, we... We started moving again. We we went from from Wichita Falls, Texas, to Duluth, Minnesota. <laughs> That's a good spot to go. And we arrived there in the winter time. Right. And uh, we were both assigned to the base computer ops uh, facility. And uh, everybody told us, you know, everyone at Duluth, you know, there's only fourteen hundred military. You were actually assigned to the airport. We okay. were we were part of the airport. You know, 1,400 people. And everybody said, yeah, people come to Duluth, you stay here for four or five years. You know, yeah. you know, don't rent, buy a house. Right. And we'd had issues renting, you know, with doing see neighbors and stuff. So, okay, we'll buy a house. So both of us, of course, qualified GI Bill. Right. And we bought a house, real nice little Cape Cod style, $25,000. And this was in 60, or in 74. Mm-hmm. We bought the house and made one house payment, and the next week I was notified I had orders. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Dude, I'm going through this again, and we hadn't hadn't been there a year yet. Yeah, and uh, so we, I, w- I went out to the base and talked to my the major who was in charge of our, of my section and. We just had a notice, no order to it, just a notice that I was being assigned to Defense Communication Agency, Pacific Headquarters, Kenia, Hawaii. Mm. And so I asked, I asked him, I said, what's DCA mean? He said, I don't know. Hmm. I said, well, it's a Pacific Headquarters. I said, I was stationed in Hawaii for two years. I never heard of Kenia mm-hmm. as a military installation because I knew all the military places on the island. Right. And I thought, well, maybe it's on one of the other islands. You know, I mean. yeah. And so 
we got out the military or the government phone book right. and found DCA, and DCA was Defense Communications Agency. It was, wasn't Air Force. It was under Department of Defense, Secretary of Defense. Uh, all the phone numbers were just X's. <laughs> so you can't call anybody. Right. Because, you know, if you're in DCA, you know what phone numbers to use. At that time, it was <laughs> it was a classified organization right. under Secretary of Defense. So it's about two days later, I, I get a phone call from a woman in personnel. Mm-hmm. She said, Sergeant Lee, have you talked to anybody about your orders? And I said, well, yeah, I talked to the major and, and, of course, my wife and a couple of people I worked. She said, don't say another word. Don't, don't say anything more to anybody about your assignment. Mm. I said, why not? It's classified. Because hmm. your assignment's classified, you're going to a classified location. Because, hmm. <laughs> and so I, I tried to find out from her. I said, well, where's Kania? What is Kania? She says, I have no idea. She said, I just know you're going to DCA. She said, someone will be contacting you in a day or so. Yeah. And the next day I get a phone call from a person at DCA headquarters in, in Washington, D.C., and she asked me if you know I'd discuss my assignment and all this. I said, no, I haven't. He says, well, once you have orders in hand, then you can talk about it. It, it becomes unclassified as far as where you're going. Okay. But where you're going is still a classified place. So I said, well, I have one issue. Said, I said, I'm married to an Air Force member. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, what rank? I said, same as me, a staff sergeant. Is what's what career field? It's same as me, computer ops. There's no problem. We'll cut orders for her too. <laughs> so, yeah. So we left uh, in the middle of winter. I think it was day before Christmas in a mm-hmm. raging snowstorm. We we drove out of Duluth, Minnesota, headed for Hawaii. And super profitable is to buy a house and sell it within months. That's the best way to do it. We made forty-eight dollars. <laughs> you didn't lose forty-eight dollars. I guess that's something. Because it ended up being six months. Okay. The house hadn't sold yet when we left, so we gave power of attorney to our realtor, the mm-hmm. same one who had sold us the house, <laughs> was selling it for us. And uh, we'd made it. We would have made a little more money, but one day she went by to check the house, and uh, there was water running in the kitchen. Uh, oh. Pipe had, had broke under the kitchen sink, and everything it just had happened within hours she called a plumber right away and got it fixed so after paying for the plumber we got 48 dollars <laughs> wow that's that's crazy so went and, and did hawaii for a while yeah it was three years it was three a three-year tour and then my my brother was born at that time yeah chris was right. born patty was was seven months pregnant when we got to hawaii and Kind of, kind of rough on her because Kunia ended up being an underground facility. It was a huge building underneath the pineapple fields up in central Oahu. And you went in through kind of a camouflaged little road, mm-hmm. came to a marine guard station, and then you went down into this little valley to park, and then you went up two flights of concrete stairs that were covered over with vegetation. And when you got to the top of the stairs, there was another Marine Guard post. And they inspected anything you were carrying. And then you went through the airlock into the tunnel. And it was a quarter-mile-long tunnel that you went down. And wow. then you came to another airlock, and that put you in the building. 
Yeah. The building was three stories, and we were clear at the back of the third floor. But they, uh, it was a Navy facility, and they ran it like a ship. Hmm. So when you came in through the airlock, you were on the, the foredeck to report in and any announcement stuff they you know the floors were decks mm-hmm. you know and everything was navy jargon but mm. but we had uh dca had a computer facility and a communications facility there and the building also had command centers for army and navy uh there was a nuclear response strike force unit that was in there uh there was a manned spacecraft recovery center for nasa was then I, I snuck in there one night just to see what it looked like, but uh, it was a, a big building and it uh, it was set up to where if they had to close the blast doors on the tunnel, the, the doors were like three foot thick hmm. and must have been twelve foot, fourteen foot tall. Two of them and they them banging together, and uh, they kept them closed at, at night and hmm. during the daytime they open because trucks would come in with supplies and stuff. They could drive. Big doors. All the way, yeah, they were big doors. But uh, but the building, they said, was on shock springs. Hmm. So it could it could survive a nuclear attack, you know, a bomb from hit from above. Hmm. It would just shake the building, but that, that was all. And they had enough stuff in their beds and everything for, to, if they had to close the building, that they could maintain everything in there for three months for all the personnel that were in the building. Wow. But uh, that's crazy. Yeah, but we we spent three years with with DCA. But uh, then it come up time. It just happened at the time, I, and I made another rank. I made tax sergeant mm-hmm. while I was there. But uh, came time for assignment. It was a three year tour, mm-hmm. and came time for assignment. And they'd already told us when we first got there, your next assignment from here will either be Fort Huachuca, Arizona. Mm-hmm. which is another DCA site, or the Pentagon. And I says, well, we'll see. You know, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of computers in the Air Force, you know. Right. But, uh, of course, the assignments came down for Patty and I, and it was to the Pentagon. And she decided that she wanted to go back to college. So, And right. she was right at reenlistment. So she, she got out, and we moved to Washington, D.C., and... She she'd put in for the colleges and she got accepted to all the colleges around Washington, and decided to go to George uh, George Washington University. Right. But uh, again, I was in a classified area of the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the Air Force Data Service Center. Uh, we supported, of course, the air the air staff, uh, the Strategic Gaming Agency, and we did some White House stuff. Hmm. And. Uh, it was a big facility with 105 computer operators wow. to run it 24-7. Uh, there was nine major computer systems in the room. I ended up being put in charge of two large IBM systems hmm. uh, called 3032s. At that time, was about the largest IBM systems they had. And we had two of them, and it was all top secret. Hmm. So, in fact, I, did I take you in there one time? Yeah. yeah. I was thinking I'd... I signed you in into it. Yes. We were in the basement of the Pentagon. I was not able to go to the Hawaii place, but I was able yeah. to go to the, the to the uh, yeah, Pentagon. The Pentagon, yeah. That's that's an amazing, that was an amazing, amazing place to just 
just the immenseness of the of the building and and it's basically it's not all military personnel but it's mostly mostly yeah <laughs> just and a lot of high-ranking people in there a lot of a lot of generals yeah it was uh that was pretty pretty me and the and the whole the computer was just immense just massive yeah, it was big and loud and, and yeah you know, the processors were were water cooled yeah they put out so much heat and the entire floor was a air conditioning duct and i remember the the big tapes kind of real real looking tapes and had big loops in them because they were spinning yeah. so fast that yeah they had that if vacuum if it didn't thing. stop it would it would just snap the tape in half <laughs> it didn't it didn't stop moving at the right rate it uh yeah, I remember and uh, playing with the punch cards. Yeah, we we had a key punch machine there. Yeah, yeah. key punch machine. I always had always had a good stack of punch cards at home. Yeah. <laughs> old, old punch cards would make whatever out of them. All kinds of yeah, good craft material for the punch cards. Yeah, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that was that was a cool place. Yeah, I spent spent quite a bit of time in Washington D.C. in the summers. Yeah, cause I was Around I was there for six years. Yeah. We'd go and hang out on the base and yeah. ride my bike. And, of course, we'd tour around and hit all the Smithsonian's and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, so then you, you retired from the Pentagon there eventually after yeah, six I, years. Well, after the Air Force Data Service Center, I got reassigned to DCA again. I got assigned, still in the basement of the Pentagon, but I got assigned to their command control tech center mm-hmm. and ended up being the uh, the IBM systems manager because we had, we had three large mainframes there and mm-hmm. still 105 operators. And uh, and it was classified even more so. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, I couldn't, couldn't even talk to Patty about anything at work. Mm-hmm. In fact, the whole six years I was at the Pentagon, she... I couldn't talk to her about it. All she knew was I worked on computers in the Pentagon. Because she was out at that point. Yeah, she, she was, was civilian. And going to, she was going to law school by the time I was at DCA again. Right. And for that six years, we only socialized with people I worked with. Yeah. Uh, it was just, if if you talk to other people, socialize with other people, you get called in for debriefs. You know, yeah. What'd you talk about? What did they ask you? Yeah. You know, type stuff. And... uh yeah, so I, I spent three years, ended up being the uh, division training NCO, which was a cushiony job. <laughs> you know, I, I had it down to where I could do all my reports and everything in three weeks, you know, so I was done for the month. Hmm. So I had, had a week, I'd just goof off. I just, just roped around <laughs> the Pentagon because there was so much neat stuff to see in that building. Yeah. The, the artwork alone, just amazing, and, wow. the, and the displays and stuff. And so I, I drove around the Pentagon. I, I knew people all over the building. So, so you were you're in the in, in the basement. Yeah. Were you on the outer? Was it on the outer rings or is yeah. it farther in? We were on the on E ring. Okay. Which is the the outside ring. Yeah. And uh, we were underneath. I'm trying to think, there's. It was called North Parking. Okay. Was the the entrance. Okay. And it pointed toward kind of. Kind of pointed up along the Potomac. Okay. And uh, so I, I parked in, in that parking lot. And we were we were in that ring under there. When I was in, in Air Force Data Service Center, we were still in E-ring, but we were around the corner. And it was underneath 
where the the metro stations and stuff were. Okay. Were well, they were outside the wall, but we were down, you know, below level of that. Right. And uh, yeah, spent six years in the basement. How, how far away do you, maybe you don't know, but I think you do. How far away were you from when the the nine eleven attack happened on the Pentagon? Was that in the? Well, that when when that happened, I was already there because after I retired, of course, we we moved to Hawaii and then we moved right. to Dallas and then we moved back to D.C. and I went to work as a consultant for mm -hmm. a, a Booz Allen and Hamilton. And I was a senior consultant attached to Millstar, mm -hmm. the joint military office. And I was I was supporting them on on communication security and and computer based training systems. I I wrote computer based training systems for them. But uh, I left there, and I think we were we were in Texas, nine eleven. Mm -hmm. We had. Patty had left her job, and we decided to downscale and go to Texas. Right. And I was, we were there when 9-11 happened. <clears throat> and I saw pictures of the, the Pentagon being hit. And, mm -hmm. of course, the, I turned on the TV just before the second plane or went into the, the tower. Mm -hmm. And I found out that where the plane, well, I knew where the plane went in because I, I spent, Altogether, I spent nine years working in the building. <laughs> pretty familiar with the, yeah. with the... And I used to have to go in and brief when I was with Millstar. I'd have to go in and, and brief people, and they were on E-ring, mm -hmm. the outer ring. And they were, if you came out of their office, there were windows on the other side of the hallway, and it was the heliport pad. Mm -hmm. And that's where the plane came in. Mm -hmm. It came across the heliport pad right in, and there were three people from Booz Allen and Hamilton that were in the, in that office that day wow. uh, briefing clients. So, so Booz, Booz Allen lost three people out of the hundreds. Yeah. But I didn't know who they were. I, I right. looked up and, and got the names, but they weren't, weren't people that I'd worked with. I didn't right. know who they were. But, but pretty close to home, almost literally. You know, yeah. I mean, that, was, that was the place you spent... A lot of your, a lot of your days, a lot yeah. of your hours of your days, yeah, right, right in that spot. So I know that was, uh, it uh, kind of hit close to, hit close to home for everybody, yeah. Uh, but, but people that have strong connections with New York and and with the Pentagon, really, it, it, it more real, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, I, I been to the Pentagon and stuff, but I didn't have that connection. Yeah, you know, with with the place that you that you did, obviously, but yeah, that's uh, pretty. But it did, you know, it did kind of link it. You know, it made it all more real. I yeah. think, you know, knowing it's a real, you know, a real place, not a just place you've read about, kind of thing. So, so you you uh, consulted for a while with Booz Allen yeah. and did did some interesting things on with those guys yeah and, and, uh, and that was all that was all classified top secret all the stuff i was right. doing there at the time it's you know what i did now it's been long enough it wouldn't be anymore but, yeah but uh millstar was a, a communication satellite system it was a totally new concept hmm. in communication satellites to where you didn't have to and it was for military right but say a commander at sac headquarters wanted to talk to a commander uh, that was in South America, mm -hmm. or or 
anywhere in, in the world, really. The, the satellites, it would go up to the satellite. That satellite could then talk to another satellite, to a satellite, hmm. and then go to the down station. And so there was, they didn't, there was no, up until then, you had to go satellite to down station, satellite to down station. Okay. And so it was the first satellite link-up, communication link-ups at that time. Of course, that was back in in the mid 90s mid 90s yeah. but uh yeah when when i was when i was there uh they only they'd put up the first satellite there were going to be seven hmm. total and they were still developing the ground control stations and that that was my involvement was doing training programs to to teach the ground control people how to communicate with the satellite and then i was also the crypto manager crypto key manager for any training over the satellite system. Okay. So I got to work with neat little encrypted phones and, <laughs> and encrypted computers and Wow. So it was kinda of, it was kind of fun, but and that was another three years I couldn't tell Patty what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I spent I spent a lot of time uh where I didn't really know what my dad did. Yeah. <laughs> like, he does computers. He's a computer guy. That's all yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh and then, and then you eventually just bagged out of the whole government yeah. service. Just decided to actually retired from the Air Force and went yeah. into to civil service. And yeah. then eventually, you're like, we're done. We're done doing the government yeah. work. Yeah, we got got looking around at our at our lifestyle. And of course, Patty, by that time, she was vice president and general counsel for the Marine Civil Response Corporation, which mm -hmm. is a, a nationwide you know co company. And we both traveled in our jobs, and it just it just got to us. Mm -hmm. And we were at the point in life or in career that uh, we needed to move up. Mm -hmm. And you know, we we weren't ready for the McMansion and the two BMWs in the driveway kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went to a her family reunion, and it was held at Lake Conroe in Texas. Mm -hmm. And we went to when, that. Yeah, and so we set it up to where we could, you know, fly Rob and Jenny and, and Robbie, mm -hmm. uh, fly you all down, and had Patty's mom with us. We went a week early ahead of the convention. We hired, a, we rented a, a van, mm -hmm. and we toured the hill country. Yeah. And one stop we made was in Fredericksburg, Texas, mm -hmm. for, and we, for lunch. And we, you and I took off. We roamed up and down the main street, yeah. and and uh, went back to the van. And, and the rest of the day, we just talked about what a neat little town Fredericksburg yeah. was. And we got back, and it was funny because we were living in Fredericksburg, Virginia. <laughs> you know. And uh, we got back home, and Patty and the more we talked about it, was it would really be nice to live in a small town like that. Right. And then we made the decision to do it. And I, I had just been promoted to senior consultant mm -hmm. with Booz Allen. And like I say, and Patty was vice president of, of MSRC, Marine Civil Response Corporation. And uh, we just said, let's do it. So we both submitted resignations from our companies, <laughs> put our house on the market, took a couple-day trip to Fredericksburg, and we had set up appointments with realtors in other towns through the old country. Right. And uh, first one we went to was in New Brunsfeld, just out of Austin. 
-hmm. And the second one was Fredericksburg. And we got to the real estate office and the guy asked us, you know, where we had looked so far. And we told him just New Brunsfeld. He says, well, he says, you're going to buy a house in Fredericksburg. <laughs> he says, go ahead and do your other, you know, Kerrville and the other towns. He says, but you're going to, you're going to want to live in Fredericksburg. Yeah. I said, okay. So, so he gave us these sheets. He had like seven homes that mm -hmm. he picked out that met our criteria. And he says, it's you know, almost lunchtime. He said, why don't you go around and you know, here's a map. This mm -hmm. is where the houses are. And go around, look at the houses, drive by. And after lunch, come back. I'll have keys to all of them. And we'll go look at the ones you want to look at. Mm -hmm. So we went back and, and we looked at all of them. And... There was a couple of them we liked, and we didn't weren't sure what to do. So we said, and our, and our hotel was in Austin, you know, mm -hmm. seventy miles away. So he said, "Well, go back to Austin and think about it. And if you want, you know, want to look at a couple more tomorrow, he said, just give me a call and we'll do that." And he said, "By the way, he said, do you know where Luckenbach is?" And I said, "No, you know, just the song, you know, Willie Nelson, you know." Right. And he said, well, he said, when you're going back to Austin, you'll see a road sign for such and such. He says, go down that road and, and you'll see, you know, Luckenbach, mm -hmm. which turned out all Luckenbach was, was like five <laughs> buildings. And there's only, only three people even live at Luckenbach. Right. But, you know, it's mainly, it was a, a place for festivals and stuff. Because made famous by Willie Nelson. He right. held a big festival, 4th of July picnic there every year. So the population went from three to 15,000. <laughs> and we ended up working several events in Lukabach, as it turned out. But, yeah. But uh, so we went back to our hotel and talked about it. And so let's go back to Fredericksburg and look at these three houses. And so we went back. And the last house we looked at was the one we really just fell in love with. It was a little bungalow, yeah. 1,100 square feet on a nice size lot, a block and a half off the main, main street of town. Big pasture area beside us the the neighbor on that side had seven acres wow. that he kept in you know like park-like condition and uh so we went back and we told him he said okay we want to put an offer in on this house on lincoln street and put the offer in it was accepted right away and we got back to our hotel and the message light was blinking on the phone mm -hmm. so we checked the message it was from our realtor in fredericksburg virginia she had just uh, received a full price offer on on our house there that that afternoon. Wow. So I went back and started our packing process, and, <laughs> and we ended up moving to the little town of Fredericksburg. So you moved from the, the the house in Virginia was was a little bit bigger. It was thirty two hundred square feet, something <laughs> so, like that. So you moved in a house a third the size. Yeah. And uh, so made made it easier to not have a huge truck, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a nice place to live. We we yeah. enjoyed the people. I got involved in the community through the Optimist Club, and I ended up going through the offices. I was president for two years. And right. Patty got involved with volunteer work at the county hospital, mm -hmm. and eventually they hired her to do the same job that she'd been doing as a volunteer. She became a right. ward a ward clerk on in the surgical ward. Right. But uh, before that, the jobs we took, the first jobs we took, she applied for a job doing sales for minimum wage mm -hmm. at a place called the wild seed farm mm. and they raised flowers for the seeds and right. sold seeds and i answered an ad for a sales clerk at the office supply store in town minimum <laughs> wage but it was funny patty when she was going through her 
uh, hiring thing, they noticed, he said, you didn't put down what your salary was at your last job. <laughs> and Patty told me, so you don't want to know. <laughs> and she said, don't you mean it? And I said, no, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> and she said, well, an estimate. She said, looked around, it was big for this. She said, well, I could, I could buy this place, <laughs> you know, on that salary I had, you know. So, and our, our first year we had our taxes done by each in our block when he, he called us when they were ready and we went in and he had the papers on and said, he said, I have to ask you something. Mm-hmm. He says, your tax, I've got your taxes done. He said, but are you happy? Yeah. He says, yeah. yeah. He says, you're really happy with what you're doing and where you're living. Yeah. He says, yeah. You know, we love Fredericksburg and the people and we're yeah. happy. Why? <laughs> he says, well... <laughs> He says, your, your taxes or your income and your taxes are less than what you paid in taxes last year. <laughs> and we just laugh and say, yeah, but we're happy. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not under stress. We're not flying all over the country for meetings and, you know, we're happy. Yeah. You know, we're in this nice little town with great people. You've got the demands on you. You don't have to worry about who you're talking to about what. And, yeah. And, uh. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's pretty wild. And then then you moved up here. Yeah, from I, there, right? Yeah, I was having some some issues. I had gone through back surgery and and very complicated recovery, and what hadn't been doing well. I came home one day, and it was I'd been to a doctor's appointment in San Antonio mm-hmm. at Wilford Hall, and seventy miles away. So I I got back home. I'd been gone all day, and Patty was in the kitchen, and so I go in and. We're talking. She says, uh, I think we need to move to Washington. Hmm. I said, what? She says, yeah. She said, you need to be around your family. I said, did my doctor call you? Or <laughs> <laughs> I said, where's this coming from? Yeah. She says, she said, I just thinking. She said, I think it'd be nice to move up to the Pacific Northwest and you know, be close to the grandkids and, and everybody. She says, why not make that move? So we did. Yeah. You know, and, and we got back to, we moved to, bought a house in Olympia, mm-hmm. and it was 40 years to the month that I had left Washington State and joined the Air Force. Wow. So you're off, you're off by double. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because 20 years, you know, yeah. bouncing around the Air Force, and the next yeah. 20 years were moving around for Patty's job. Wow. Because her, her attorney work took us from... She got hired by a firm in, in Hawaii, mm-hmm. spent some time there, but it was its cost of living was just too much. So went from there to Dallas to mm-hmm. a firm there, and then a firm in D.C. hired her. And, and then from that firm, she got hired by MSRC. Right. So we're moving around for her job. and mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, you know, back up here, and we spent eight years in Olympia, and then we moved down here to the Long Beach Peninsula, and we just... Taking it easy and loving it. Yeah. We're involved with volunteering at the local animal shelter. Right. Yeah, you yeah. do a lot of you do a lot of work there. Yeah. Patty more than me. Right. Uh, she's president of the board of directors, plus she works in the shelter uh, one day a week as a adoption counselor. Right. And I do maintenance stuff in the building that, you know, when they need it. And, yeah. And I work on uh, all the the projects that they have for fundraising. Yeah, you've done a lot of you've done yeah. a lot of fundraising for yeah. them. I know yeah, that. I, yeah, I do the fundraising stuff. Selling, selling raffle tickets, garage sailing, <laughs> yeah. or not not shopping at garage sales, but 
setting up the garage sale and the yeah. auction. Yeah. A lot of work with all that stuff. It's, yeah. It's pretty amazing that the uh, uh, what you guys what you guys do and what's Long Long Beach is not a a massive uh, community. <laughs> no. It's a it's a it's a pretty small pretty small community. It's yeah. not a. Um, yeah. It's not a huge um, space, but you know, our huge population and not the, the average income is, is a little lower. So yeah. yeah, it's amazing what you've done. It, it's an older community. Yeah. So yeah, you've done um, a lot of stuff with, with those guys and, yeah. and, uh, and they have, so what, what's their, what's the mission of the, of the animal shelter? What's their kind of. It, it mainly is to, to ensure humane care of, of the animals on in the area, and also to to find homes for those that need homes. Yeah, uh, we're a no kill shelter, and one of the things we do if if we have an animal who for some reason is not adoptable, mm -hmm. then we we just make them as comfortable as we can, and they live at the shelter. Okay. The the dogs all get walked at least twice a day. We have volunteer dog walkers. Wow. And they take them out for like a 20-minute, half-hour walk around the area. And uh, sometimes they go down on the beach. And, of course, they got to stay on, on lead. Right. But, uh, yeah, we got really good dog walkers. Uh, we have we have cages. I hate using the word cages, but we have cages <laughs> that for some of the cats. We've actually just recently, I think, I think we're through with cages now. Uh, we bought uh, these towers mm -hmm. that... Can, they're two levels, so you can have two cats in there. Or ideally, you have two cats and they have they can go floor to floor in the mm -hmm. tower. And the, the towers are actually made for uh, uh, one of those long, slinky animals. Oh, weasels or, or ferrets? Ferrets, yeah. Ferrets. They, they're actually ferret cages. Okay. But they work great for cats. Yeah. In fact, we have one in our house. And right. That, that's where... Our cats, so we have a door off of it, but their food is in there to keep it away from our dog. So, <laughs> so the dog doesn't eat all their food mainly, and and they like to nap in there. Yeah, and both of our cats are rescues, right? And our dog is a rescue. Yeah. We got our dog six years ago when she was just a puppy. We fostered her, and then couldn't turn loose of her, so we had to adopt <laughs> her. And and one of the cats is the same way. He he was a medical foster. He mm -hmm. was a very sick kitten for a long time. But uh, after we did the medical foster, we adopted him too. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, and uh, you guys do a cool auction and uh, garage sale here. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's a place you can go and check that out. That's the, do you know where the website is for that? And beachpets.com. Beachpets.com. So yeah. there's, uh, you can check it out. I think there's a, a, a way you can be notified of the auction on there at least. Yeah keep track of they got some cool yeah. stuff and you can always donate to the humane society yeah. down here in long beach they they have a, a a lot a lot of expenses to keep keep the place going just the insurance and and all that stuff and they they make sure that the uh anybody that's underprivileged um gets gets food for their animals or yeah. if they're down on their luck and we have a pet come and, and yeah. get food for their their dogs and yeah. cats and, and we have a pet pet food bank we yeah. call it so community food and uh try to try to help control the population the the, the stray cat population on the peninsula and and uh that's the place if 
the police come up with an animal in the middle of the night they take it they take it there so it's uh they're, they're doing good work for the animals and for the community so that that keeps them pretty busy i you know i keep trying to get them to come and do fun stuff with us and they're like well <laughs> that's the, that's the weekend of the this or the or the that so yeah. but uh i think that i think that's great so and uh and then other than that just we just drink bourbon yeah mostly and so we, and we drank some good bourbon <laughs> we, the last few days we did yeah so um yeah so we dad and i enjoy enjoy uh sampling new new bourbons drinking good bourbon going to distilleries so we got to go to a good distillery while we were here in in uh, um almost said australia astoria mm-hmm. in astoria and uh that was a lot of fun. That was yeah. a nice place. That was it. The uh, the pilot house over there. So, got to got to try out some interesting spirits there and and bring a couple home. So, and uh, yeah, we, we rescued. We yeah, rescued we, we res- rescued rescued <laughs> rescued several bottles, several bottles between the two of us. And, yeah. And when, when the clerk when the guy rang them up, he said, "You want a receipt?" We both said, "Oh no, 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 no receipt needed." <laughs> Over Actually, I should have paid you in cash. Would have been better. But no, it's uh, yeah, it, it's fun. So it's fun to get together and 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 get to do some of that kind of stuff. So yeah. anyway, we've been kind of going on here for for a bit. So <laughs> that's I a Lee think, thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I when we sat down to do the podcast, so I'm like, so this shouldn't be a problem. I think we just start, and I think the problem <laughs> the problem will be wrapping it up. So yeah, um, but thanks. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, and yeah, thanks, Dad, for for sitting down and telling some stories. Oh, and, this, was, this was fun, and was uh, fun. we'll hopefully do it again soon. Yeah.